Do you enjoy listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the podcast? Have you picked up our book yet? Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. That has over 100 cast and crew who have contributed to this book. And it's, I think people really love it. I mean, we also have community commentary where a lot of the community have participated in this. It's just a great book. We recommend you pick it up at bluerosemag.com. And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazowski, and beside me, as always... Ben Durant. Ben! Brian! I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Episode 20. Episode 20, written by Harley Payton. Harley is pretty busy here. He's writing these episodes. He's producing the show. He is on fire. He's on fire. fire. (laughs) He's on fire, as they say. Directed by Todd Holland. Aired January 19th, 1991. The rating is 9.8. It's 65th place for the week. I think that's gotten better. It was like 81 the week before, so we're we're, we're doing a little better. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It was 81 last yep. week. And so, now 80 what? It so it's, now it's 65. So people are tuned back in? A little bit. I wonder if it was something going on last week that people were like, oh, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. Know. I heard that uh, Laura Palmer comes back to, from I the dead. I heard David Duchovny from X-Files that doesn't happen for two more years. He's <laughs> on this episode, and he plays Denise. <laughs> A girl. <laughs> no. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. So I, I want to just play the opening of this because it's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. I liked it. Kimmy Robinson. Joanne Chan. It's um, hard to cue it up to exactly that moment, but uh, yeah. I should have. Here we go. Major, there are some new techniques that might help us break through your amnesia. My memories are immune from regression. Uh, I can feel them. Palpable smells and sensations. Everything is known to me and somehow beyond my reach. Do you remember anything else? Very little, save for one disturbing image of giant owl. And so it's a cool open, and you hear like growling and weird noises yeah, when they're talking, like a, demon, de- like demonic. Right. Their voices are really like distorted. It's kind of wildlife, or but it's yeah. also, but it's, it's, yeah. And there's the owl, the giant owl, and like the lamp was a, an owl right. looking in the direction that he showed up, and we had an owl flying into the woods when he disappeared. And we know the owls are connected to the spirits. They aren't what they seem. They're not what they (laughs) seem, that's for sure. And the very first thing we hear when it opens is Cooper. 
And what? Do you and it sounds like Cooper's saying it. Oh, does it? To me, it sounded like really. Uh, I didn't take that. Kyle McLaughlin was saying Cooper. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear that. I don't know. I'll have to well, listen to that. What do you make? Why? Cooper? Why? Well, is... Oh, you know what it is. Yeah. That's. I think that represents the woods calling Cooper because yeah. that's where the word Cooper was coming from. The woods. Mm. Oh. I, Cooper. Right, the messages. The right, messages right, right. Came, came from the woods, right, not so. outer space, and right. I think that's sort of a verbal. Yes, it's uh, so funny. Version. We we get this we get this printout of um yeah uh, the owls are not what they seem. The owls are not what they seem. Cooper, Cooper, and so we know that that, that right they're they're sending the message to him, and now we have this this yeah, space. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that's weird. Cool. I, yeah. Here's the other thing: we get space, then we get a radioactive symbol. Fly at the screen. A radioactive symbol means, well, like danger, danger I mean, or yeah. a radioactive waste, toxic waste, um, something not good, and fire comes out of it. Right. And then Major Briggs is talking, talking about like trying to remember, and he he's not, and it's just um, that's cool. And um, also. It's so funny that you know it, that is a radioactive symbol, and I, in my head, I think of it as mountains. But I guess it wouldn't be Twin Peaks because there's three of them, but there's like yeah. three triangles connected. Yeah. And I just put it together. The three triangles they find in his neck. Yes, I didn't realize that yes. that symbol, the marking, right. the marking, and I thought this was a radioactive symbol, but I think I'm wrong. That's the symbol they find on his neck. And here's another thing: it's, you know, we look at it, it could be radioactive. Could it also be an owl? Maybe like. I don't, or maybe that's stretching it. Mm, that's stretching it. I, I, know, I see the triangles, though. Yes. I see the triangles in the fire. Um, yeah. Okay, I didn't put that together. I saw radioactive symbol. Then the, the, actually, Nate mentioned the, the, the markings on his neck in the next scene. I thought of X-Files yes. with the two dots. Yes. But then there was three. So then I was like, oh, well, it's not. But it's still but the was X-Files, a- was X-Files kind of like, kind of like, hint, like uh, you know, an homage to... Twin Peaks with the two markings. Well, I think the idea is that in alien abductions, that there there's markings, there's scars left behind. So these people who are they abducted, they come back. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I think most both uh, shows could be doing that. I mean, this is not going to go in. I don't think this is going into UFO. Uh, yeah. Aliens have gotten major breaks in the same sense that X Files was, but yep. it's still very you know there's similar elements. X Files is more literal. This is more like. We, don't, um, we can't under we can't explain it. You know, it's it's and, a little yeah, exactly. But not yeah. It's gonna be spacey. You're like oh, right. whatever. You Otherworldly. Think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get into this, so the log lady, before this episode, she talks about how her husband died in a fire. Now I don't know if we ever knew that. Did we? That's a good question. Yes, we. I think we did learn that. So I mean, this is way back in season one. Did um, she talk about her husband dying um, in a fire? Yeah, I think I think Cooper was looking for uh, Jacoby's uh, uh, cabin, and they stumble upon the log lady's cabin, and they have tea. And when they're sitting yes. to have tea, they talk oh, about her husband. Yeah. And I here's the funny thing is I don't know if he was a fireman or if he... I always thought he was... A I, woodsman or a something. A woodsman. Yeah, that's what I thought, because he lives in a cabin. Well, if we look back on, on the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer's book, I feel like that might have said he was a fireman or something. Like, it'd be interesting to go back to that someday. But I always took yeah. him to be a woodsman. Me too. And then he died in, in, in the... In the, in the woods, woods in a fire. fire. And the funny thing is that connection of fire, and I think the long lady has real issues with the fire, and... The fire is where the devil hides type of thing. Yes, because what she said is my husband died in a fire, and she 
she alludes to walking with the fire, fire walk with me. me. Yes. Uh, fire, it came across to me anyway that fire equals anger, and I've always associated fire with anger. Mm. And you're walking with that anger in you, with that fire in you. Or evil. Fire in the woods, and evil. And like you could use the whole Star Wars metaphor, or any metaphor in any movie, that anger, uh, fire could lead to anger, anger could be fire, and that could... Uh, lead to evil, evil leads to hate, 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 e- hate to the dark side. Da- dark side, yeah, right. And like, so in Twin Peaks world, it's like fire equals anger. Anger uh, leads to evil. Um, so that's what I got yeah, out cool. of that. I, I kind of, you know, and it's interesting. Briggs picked so, it apart. I mean, is, is that the is that it for the long? Yeah, movie? that yeah. was it. So know. it's interesting to say that first major Briggs is talking about him stepping out into the fire, and yeah. I mean, I don't. I even like you know, twenty five years later, I don't always understand the symbolism. I'm not sure exactly. Did he try what, to save the log lady's husband? And he couldn't. I don't know. Was he in hell? I yeah. mean, like, where did he like? Where did he go? It's interesting. Like the imagery we see is. Con- I think it almost looks like a forest, or it looks like very um, in the woods, woodsy. woodsy um, yeah, like plant life, and like another theory is, did he go to the White Lodge? Like, is this is he at the White Lodge? Like, was he taken? I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to know where he could. Yeah, be. and could you he know, gone to the Black Lodge. Like, where or his he, sergeant or whoever, uh, Colonel La- there, right? Colonel in the last episode talked about the White Lodge, right? And that's definitely a topic that they're yeah. going into. But yeah, it's really interesting stuff. So then they mentioned a giant owl, and for me, yeah, the giant owl, and that's the Cooper song. It makes me think of the giant in 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 uh, Cooper's uh, hotel or his dream or whatever that that is giant. The, yeah, is, like, is is the giant owl the same thing as the giant? I, I I here's the thing. Even when I was 15, 16 years old, I always tried to connect these owls and the spirits more together. And they do say that, but maybe I'm forcing it more than it really is. It could be separate, but I like you're overthinking it. But I don't hey. think Twin Peaks. I think we don't have like I don't like we said before. Sometimes it's best not to overthink it. But at the same time, if you overthink it, you might you're connecting the dots that make sense to you. Right. And I think that's always cool because. I would say that Cooper would not know much about these owls, so the giant would show up as a giant to him, but to other people, that giant would show up as an owl. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. That could be a thought, right? Or even if we look at it separately, it it appears that the owls are watching the town's people. Like, we see it even in the pilot. In the pilot, you have uh, James and Donna bearing the uh, necklace, and right above is a owl hooting and stuff. I mean, Laura Palmer's diary. We had an owl that would follow her. Right. That symbolized Bob. Yep. Bob, to me... Turn into that owl and is looking for his next victim. Yeah, because we definitely end. We end. Uh, I think it's sixteen there with where's Bob now and the, what do we see? Bo- the uh, the, the owl, owl going right. after Cooper. Yeah, and then or, Major or going, Briggs. Yeah. well, Cooper yeah. is taking a pee. Oh, but, that's the next episode, right? Yeah, right, and right, the right, owl right. is showing flying right. towards Cooper, and then Major Briggs disappears. Or he's watching a pee. Or he's watching a pee. <laughs> Does the owl, in my mind? Because Cooper was wounded at the time, he's weak. Uh, does Bob go after Cooper? Um, or are they after? Ever, I mean, they, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, but we haven't heard from Bob, so right. Bob's kind of out there. We don't know. But the owl, the owls, yeah, you're like they represent so many things. Right. Represent uh, evil. Represent good. Yep. 
represent uh, Major Briggs seeing it Big Owl and he disappears and he comes back. It's right. weird, right? It's crazy stuff. Yeah. And so you mentioned about the markings, the scar behind his right ear. Yeah, the three the, triangles. The three triangles, whether they're mountains or... What else would we say? I was saying owls. Owls, yeah. I mean, you could see the two eyes and the, and the beaks. Maybe. I yeah, don't know. maybe. That's a, that's a good one. Um, You know, so they're... they're in, um, Cooper... And is it uh, who's with Cooper? In this I think scene? it's I think it's uh, well it's the Doc and it's and it's uh, Harry S. Truman. Yes. Yeah, they're all they're all in uh, the police station, uh, t- talking with Major Briggs. And they're trying to get him out of this. Like, what what did you see? What did you remember? What what did you do? Right, because yeah, he's been missing for two days, so he's been yeah yeah. Um, and. I can go, I guess I I can talk about uh He's searching for the White Lodge. Yes, what. we can start with Project Blue Book. Do you know what Project no. Blue Book is? Project Blue Book, the Air Force project uh dedicated to the investigation of unidentified, unidentified flying right. objects. UFOs. And I think I I think it's 1969 it was supposedly disbanded and Major Briggs is saying that some people kind of continued researching it. And so Fox Mulder. Exactly, but he's actually right. Major Briggs is is searching for the White Lodge. Yeah. So we're connecting these UFOs to the White Lodge. Lodge. So it could be a spiritual journey. Yeah. Yeah. I like the map of Twin Peaks is behind them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a it's a chalk bar chalkboard drawing Drawing of of Twin Peaks. Peaks. And it's funny. I I don't think this is a huge spoiler, but this will. the chalkboard drawings will come up in the future as well. And I thought about that watching this episode again. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. We have a, um, we have Twin Peaks. And later on, they'll use the board. And they've used the board before for yeah. other things. But it's still kind of interesting to see that they they have that there now. Yeah. Uh, you want to bring up some audio? Sure, sure, sure. Oh, God. Is this meant for the soul? I didn't even understand that line exactly. Is this? See, I. You know what? Usually, I understand mostly the things, but is it is spiritual? This for the soul? Is this for the soul? I think when he went away, it was a spiritual journey, mm. not a physical journey. Fascinating. And I kind of feel like, is this for the soul? So whatever he, maybe when he's he on a journey, he's a, on a journey. A, a, a maybe, yeah. Of awakening, right. for this White Lodge. He doesn't know what it is. Maybe he doesn't remember when he comes back. Maybe his life. Maybe it's like Cooper. If you think about Cooper's dream, he didn't know what it meant, and the pieces helped him. Mm. Maybe Major Bridge, he 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 doesn't know what any of this means, but it's for his soul. So yeah. maybe he's thinking, is this a spiritual journey I just right. went on, and I don't remember what happened? Right. And he's confused. But yeah, like that's what I got out of it, because is this meant for the soul? Yeah. So that means he physically didn't go anywhere. He, right. I mean, he physically did for the show, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. But where did he actually? And I think go? that's what does Twin Peaks does very well, and we talked about it before, where it can have dual meaning. Yeah. Stuff like that you really look at, you know, we go back to the Laura Palmer case, and you have Leland, who it definitely seems like molested his daughter for years, and then you have this other idea that it's a spiritual demon who has been doing this, and like, yeah. you kind of choose like, is this, is there really evil these evil spirits out there, or is it really? the bad things that men do and yeah, stuff like that. yeah, and yeah yeah right he did he, he he maybe he was kind of looking just kind of self i'm trying to say like a self journey of discovery and stuff and he's yeah maybe wherever. he's he's looking for bob 
Maybe. Through, through that's, this. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, mean, I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Huh? I mean, he was invested in finding out who the killer yeah. was. And... Well, I can get a little more audio. We can sure, go back sure. to uh, if I can. My soul. Cooper just kind of has nothing to say. Major, perhaps you'd better start back at the beginning. Are you familiar with Project Blue Book? Yes, sir, I am. The Air Force investigation into the phenomena of unidentified flying objects. Officially disbanded in 1969. But there are those of us who continue in an unofficial capacity, examining the heavens as before. In the case of Twin Peaks, the Earth below. The Earth below. Earth below. See, oh, and then he says, he says, I'm searching for a place called the, the White, White Lodge. Lodge. Yeah. yeah, so that's interesting. It's, it, a, it's Yeah. It's interesting, you know, like... I feel like at least, at least in this uh, the U.S. U.S. American culture, we're very our, our site. Well, we're diverse, but we're, there's a very much a Christian theme that we we kind of look at. So, Sam's hearing this stuff is like, is he really talking about heaven and hell and stuff yeah, like that? That yeah. you know, that I'm looking in the heavens ab- above. I'm looking. I'm searching for heaven. I'm searching. You can look at it that way. I mean, I'm glad that they don't go out and just say, I'm looking for God or I'm looking for heaven. It's yep. a little bit more yeah, abstract. Um, but. Yeah, very abstract. And you can, I yeah, you could definitely take whatever you mean from it. And it could be heaven, the good, hell, the bad. Right. And he's talking about heavenly, then under the earth, the Twin Peaks. So does right. Twin Peaks represent purgatory? Yeah, who knows? Right. Are right. we talking lost now? Is it lost all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Like you go to Twin Peaks and you have to find your journey to which direction you might go. Right. Right? And Major Briggs is like, is he torn? Is he like Anakin Skywalker? He doesn't know which way, which side he should He knows pick. what side he's going to be on. He's, <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's fine. But yeah, so Project Blue Book is very much like X-Files. Like they, yeah. They have this this case or this thing that they're looking into related to uh, UFOs. So, you know, these guys come in, they take him out and everything. Yeah, the and Air Force basically wants him back. They're like, hey, we got to probe your mind. So you've given enough information for this episode. You're out of here. You're out of here. <laughs> Now, it's interesting. They do a callback in the scene. Um, water starts leaking from the Sprinkling sprinkler, system. and they really focus on that. And I'm like, is that a call? That's a callback that's to a call Bob. Back. Yes, that's definitely a callback to Bob. Yeah, yeah to, so what, when we last, you, you want to say, yeah, when they last saw the sprinkler system, that's, Bob escapes. Escapes, right. From so Leland, Leland's body. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely kind of, I, I feel like that's them saying, Bob is not gone. Like, yeah, you know, he's still. There's still. Yep. He somehow has something to do with this. That leaky faucet represents. There's just a part of Bob coming yeah. through. Just right. a little, little tinge. Yeah. We'll get to him later, but he's there. Yeah, I think it's a for fans who you know pay attention. I think that's a nod to Bob. Right. And maybe you can even look at it as something's not right. I always think about bad plumbing. Bad. <laughs> I think about that. I think about uh, the 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 Palmer House, and they they used to do close ups of the fan. Fan. That's yeah, what yeah, I thought yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought like this was a non cooler thing with the fa- with the uh, with with this right. dripping. I was like, the fan's so much cooler. It is so much. cooler. And now they're just like, we're focusing on a drippy uh, faucet. You right. know, like. But he's still. He, b- both of us right away both saw. I thought that, of the fan. Though. We saw, but yeah, we yeah. saw the fan. But we also said, oh yeah, that's a nod to when uh, Leland was was arrested and Bob the sprinkler system ex- yeah. went off and stuff. So, and Bob yeah. escaped. So right. and weird things seem to happen in Twin Peaks when it's raining. 
I mean, we had a thunderstorm. Bridge disappears, reappears. We had a thunderstorm in um, Bob's. We can look at it as nature. I mean, the whole. Yeah. uh, yeah. And they say lightning, that's energy Mm. that can, like, energies like spirits and stuff. So, like, you have that energy. And I watch a lot of ghost hunting shows, and they say thunderstorms help the energy from, like, the spirits or whatever. So that could be a symbol, a symbolism. I can say later down the road, I don't think there's a huge spoiler or anything. Later down the road, there's talk about electricity. Well, you could even say electricity in the pilot. There was the whole uh, lights coming on and off with Lynch and stuff. You know, they're in the morgue and things like that. So that's hinted at again in the future about that. And that seems to be, it could be a connection to spirits or that surrounding. Yeah, yeah. Electricity electricity brings it to life, the energy. Yeah. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, Frankenstein. (laughs) So Ernie oh. is. Uh, do you have something else you want to? I, I we're at Ernie. okay, not there yet, but yeah, here okay. we go. Yeah, so this is Ernie and Ernie, Denise, and they're in the police station, and uh, Denise is trying to get Ernie ready to get wired and uh, drug bust, basically. Yeah, the big drug bust. I, I, there's not really much to the scene, right. but the next scene. Ben, I got so excited for you. <laughs> Invitation to Love is back. Yes. Bring in the background. In the background. So it's, right, Bobby and Shelly uh, are at the, at the house, and uh, Shelly is feeding Leo, and in the background we hear Invitation, Invitation to Love. Yes. And that's the only time I think it comes up again, because they really have scrapped that whole uh, soap opera TV show. But Shelly, poor Shelly. I like Shelly a lot, and I feel so bad for her. She's stuck with Bobby, who can't do anything right, and then her ex or her husband, who's in a coma, dribbling out pie or whatever I don't oh, know, yeah. cherry juice. <laughs> and you just feel so bad for Shell. You're like, go find a good guy. This is horrible for right. you. It is funny that Bobby has kind of become Leo, hasn't he? Like he's kind of like, woman, you take care of this. You, uh-huh. you, you take care of the child. Like, yeah, <laughs> Leo's become their child. Yep. And uh, he's like, you take care of you. You bathe them. I've got I've got more important things to do. I've got a job and stuff. I know. She's like, what about me? Yeah. I have things to do. He's right. like, no, no, yeah. Uh, he's such a jerk. That's what I'm saying. And Bobby has moments of being human, but he's still a jerk to. Um, it's hard to believe he wouldn't be here. His father just came back. You think he'd want to hang out around his uh, his house and stuff? But he's a uh, no. He wants to hang out and watch uh, Shelly feed an invalid. He also and, does mention that he has school and he has a. Uh, I know. Is it basketball practice? Yeah. He's done with football now. So <laughs> I've got basketball. It's like you. I don't think you've gone to school enough to be able to go at, to have uh, you know sports. And I think at this point he's dropped out. He's got to get his GED. <laughs> And but he's playing basketball. He's not playing. See, he's too busy putting suits on, trying to work for Ben Horn. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I don't remember. Remember that when he first started putting suits on, he was actually wearing Leo's suits too, and he say it, it was too big on him yep. and stuff. So he is kind of trying to. He's trying to be Leo, and you know. Yeah, and she gives him a good slap. Oh, bring up the audio for a second. Here. And then Leo is dripping out jam or whatever that is. Yeah, and yeah. with imitation love music in the background. But it's like they are the soap opera now. Yep. It's like they've become imitation of love. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I got really, I got really 
excited by that. I'm so glad you you, you heard that. I did. I, I I was a fan because I love that you're the 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 echoes or the pair that that at least in the first season somebody would get shot on Imitation of Love and then we would cut to Twin Peaks and somebody getting shot and I think they probably were smart to get rid of it. But yeah. At least in the first season, I enjoyed that echo that they did. Yeah, it was cool. Um, we also find out that James is moving money and he's on the phone with Big Ed. We find out later on. Did you hear how much money? Twelve dollars. <laughs> I, I, I honestly send me all my money. Oh, uh, you have like twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> all twelve. <laughs> yes, all twelve. The gas, the gas, uh, just to just to drive uh, to give James his money is going to cost the twelve dollars. <laughs> what is he? What kind of job? What? He sounds like a five year old pretending to be a banker. Send me all my money. Twelve dollars. <laughs> like you know, like I'll take it. I'll take it. Twelve dollars. That's a bargain. Um, yeah, it's just so silly. I honestly wanted to believe he said more than that. When I was writing down my notes, I thought he said $12. That's what I thought. And I, I ignored it, yes. thinking he said $12,000. That sounds better, right? But now that you said, oh, I was like, uh, oh, I was right. That's so pathetic. <laughs> now, here's the thing. In the script, I mean, I, I didn't even put this down as the unseen Twin Peaks. But in the script, I, uh, Big Ed doesn't say anything about money. Like, you only in the script, you only hear James's side about asking for stuff. So I don't know if that was ad-libbed or if they did another version of it. But it was kind of like. Maybe they left it in there by mistake. Maybe, like, it was a, the phone conversation. And you, you weren't supposed to hear how much. Yeah. But Maybe just kind of came over, yeah, and they left it. Yeah, I don't know. Twelve dollars. <laughs> Maybe the script was like, put your own account. You know, put how much money you thought you would have here, yeah. and like twelve dollars. Evelyn seems like uh, she, she comes off as rich. Yeah, I mean, she's her. These are oh, the house is huge. huge. She can't pay James some money. She can't be like, hey, you know, I'm doing you this favor by fixing the car. Could you give me some money so right? I right. Yeah. And he's living there. Yes. And she's ba- he's become basically the pool the car boy fixing the cars for free yes and but you know he likes her so he doesn't care it's like i want i i have to stop fixing your car for a minute because i have to go pick up my 12 dollars. my 12 dollars anyway so we are on the scene where uh evelyn has come by to see james and they're still talking and you know and this is the theme okay james and her um i want to say there's a theme in this episode where people hook up. And this is the there's one a lot of, of kissing. There's a lot of hooking up yeah. in this episode. Yeah. And these two kiss and later on they will um fornicate on a car. <laughs> yeah. Um I have more to say about that when we get to that the, point. And you know what it felt like I was watching? It felt like I was watching like a softcore porno. It uh, felt weird. Yeah. It felt very awkward. Yeah. And I, it was supposed to be a film noir of that style, mm. but it definitely does feel like yeah. It's like, <laughs> I could, yeah, this guy just strolls in and is like, I could fix your car. car. And then, yeah, some of the lines he says is like, are you talking about the car or are you talking yeah. about the girl? There? Double entendres. Yes, yes. It felt like an episode of David Duchovny's classic show, Red Shoe Diaries. Yes. <laughs> Not that I ever watched it. No, you never would watch no, that no. show, no. Um, but it, it, James's plot line reads like a penthouse letter. You know, I, I this hot woman who had a boyfriend that beat her, and I stayed at her house, and uh, I fixed her car. Then we hooked up. You know, it's like weird. It, it doesn't yeah. happen. Why, James? Right. Well, I, yeah, I don't. I, James is weird. like, it's like I was with the most prettiest girl who did cocaine, and then she died, and I hooked up with her cousin, and I hooked up with her best yeah. friend. Yeah, his and- whole life's a penthouse letter. <laughs> 
and then I got sick of them, and I got in my motorcycle, and I, I drove, drove off up. to the next town, and started hooking up with girls again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met a woman <laughs> who was married and got beat up every fortnight. I didn't do anything, <laughs> but I sure got some action. <laughs> And I met his weird, her weird brother, lover. Uh, We'll we'll get into that in this episode. So we're now at the Double R Diner, and Nadine is trying to hook up with Mike again. She's really, you know. I think Mike should just go for it. At this point, I was just kind of like, well, you know. Now I think now I think about it, Nadine. I think is a cheerleader. Didn't she sign up to be a cheerleader? So she's making, yeah. she's a cheerleader and she's on oh, the wrestling team. She's going to cheer her own team when she's not wrestling. She's cheering. cheering. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Nadine, you were mentioning last episode. Is Nadine James's mom? She doesn't have a kid. Um, no. So she's not. So he, no, no. If I said that, I was wrong. What no, I, no, no, no. You didn't say. You oh, just I think, said I that like was, uh, your best friend's mom or something. Right, like, right. And I kind of connected it, but really, she is the aunt of James. So I. Oh. Think, oh well, then he. Mike can definitely. He could go for her. It's yeah, a but free my, game. Yeah, like no, my point was uh, <laughs> my my real point about last I know, episode I know was kind of like it seems icky that. I know, I know. 20 years, it's probably at least a 20 years difference and stuff. But yeah, so James, I think James is related to Big Ed. I think Big Ed's sister would be James's mom. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so if this day and age, it was 2016 and this was in a show around, they would have been hooking up and it would have been like, oh no. Oh yeah. But in this show, they really play it up. You know, you feel bad for, you. I feel bad for Nadine because Big Ed, he's, Wants to be with Norma, right? And um, she's she thinks she's in high school, and Mike is just being a jerk. But it's fun to watch. It feels like Twin Peaks high school. We we'll get some audio. We've talked enough yeah. about them, right? Oh, now she's kissing Mike. So we, we yeah, another kiss. The theme picks up. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sure it's a few times. That yeah, got this kissing going on here. But I think Mike actually got like that. I think, I think so. It. I think it's eye patch. Sometimes Turn him on. I can't help myself. Sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I said no. I meant no. No. He looks so stunned. Like, oh, jeez. I like how he's just like, I'm gonna have two cherry pies and meatloaf and nothing for you. Yep. He's such a jerk. Norma takes off. She's gonna say goodbye to Hank, and I think she's got some other things to do. Yeah, so, she's like, I'm gonna go. Another hookup. Yes. Yet again. Big Ed. This is the invitation of love episode. Yes. Well, everybody has an invitation. I mean, of it love. is. I mean, you said it from day one. Twin Peaks is a soap opera. Yeah, I mean, it I really like is. It. I like it. The qualities I like about it is the mythology and the weird and quirkiness. I mean, that's what I love about it. It's not. I'm not always into like my. Uh, I'm related to my brother's sister, and we're yeah. all looking up and da da da. And it's like, it gets I, overboard. It gets over. I don't. It gets boring. I like the yeah the mythology. But of, the soap opera aspect of the show is definitely kicking in this episode. Yes, for it's, sure. But. I, do you feel, because I, I haven't seen past this episode, uh, my New Year's res, uh, revolution, resolution was not to go ahead where I'm I... I'm proud of you, and you've kept I, I have kept my word. Right. I don't know, but do you feel, and you're not going to ruin anything by saying this, do you feel they got all these out of the way so as we move forward, these characters aren't hooking up, you know they like each other? Like, it's not like they're... Do they... Do they I mean, do this with, more with, often? Well, or? I think with every show, you're, you're moving pieces like a chessboard. You're moving pieces around so that you can continue to tell these stories. Yeah, so clearly yep. they have to shift everything around. And they have to do this so that the next episode they can say, okay, we're focused on these types gotcha. of stories. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. I, and like, I think every show, you know, we watch yeah. any show that we watch, 
sometimes it takes an episode just to move everybody in the right place so that like this is where we're going for five episodes or yeah. how many episodes. So this is almost the transition episode. Maybe, like, yeah. I yeah. mean I am not keeping track of where we are on the episode. But it feels yeah. like these characters are like Get them together, like right. get the love out of the way, get this passion they have between each other out of the way so we can uh, get onto the better stuff, right? I mean, hopefully, right? Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I can't promise I don't like you that. I can't promise you anything, Brian. Oh. So we're back at the Martells, and Harry is having a conversation. With oh, God, this got Josie. a little softcore porny for me, too. This uh, yeah. is Harry's, Harry's always just wanted to his make hands out are all him. over her, he manhandles her. Right. I'm the sheriff. <laughs> I'm the sheriff. I'm just going to grab you and it's wherever like, I want. I'm in trouble. Like, I feel like he does this a lot, too, where she's always in trouble, and he seems to almost ignore that she's in trouble and just like, I just want to make out with you. Yeah, yeah. Let's just do it right here in this kitchen, and I don't care. It's like, do you hear me, Harry? I'm I, I'm in desperate need. I'm in need <laughs> I know. Help. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically a slave, and you don't care. Yeah. And then we're now at uh, Audrey is come to see her father, and he is still working on the Civil, Civil War. Civil War. He thinks he is going to talk to Lincoln, and he's got the Confederate flag up there. Yeah, and so he he's 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 with the South. I mean, mm-hmm. which lost. Yeah, I mean, so he's on the wrong side. He's on the wrong side. So I'll give you some I'll give you some backstory about this. Mark Frost uh, is a uh, co-creator of Twin Peaks, was a Civil War buff. He probably still is. Oh, okay. And uh, in uh, October 18th, no, I'm sorry, in September 1990, uh, the Civil War documentary by Ken Burns came out. And the first draft of last episode was done in October. So it really was like, clearly... Uh, it was a hit. This the PBS documentary, Civil War, it was huge. America loved it, and I think the writers kind of felt like, "Hey, oh, this yeah. is popular right now. Why don't we do a story with Ben being part of the Civil, Civil War?" War. It is a weird thing they picked this, right? I, right? I was wondering, like, why did they pick him to think he was in the Civil War? It was popular then. It was just a so popular... you think that's what it was, right? I, I think it was a combination between Mark Frost liking the Civil War. And that it was popular in America, the, the documentary. And then, I mean, really what's going on, I don't think, this is not really a spoiler. I mean, he's Ben's having a breakdown. I mean, like, he's kind of falling apart because uh, everything's been taken away. He lost One-Eyed Jack. You know, we kind of talked about that last episode. That, yeah. you know, he's kind of, like, his world is crumbling. And so he creates this kind of make-believe world where he's he's in this struggle, this battle for, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. Think I think a battle within himself. Right. He's putting, he's projecting onto his Civil War reenactment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, yes. I get that. That makes sense. The conflict he has. The conflict, yes. The Civil War conflict. So, uh, Audrey's checking it. She's she's realizing he's losing it. He's playing with these little characters and they're. <laughs> There's plaster everywhere. Yes. Yeah, he, he, at first I mean, thought that was cocaine, oh, but yeah. then I saw the back, the the box of plaster. Right. So then it made sense. He no sense. longer has his art furniture. He's now it turned it all into a model uh, Civil War reenactment. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's creating his own uh, Civil War <laughs> uh, documentary. <laughs> he doesn't need cameras though. Nope, he's all doing it himself. It's a I'm war. at war. I'm a war between the states. I kind of feel like it's a war in, within himself. I think you're right. I yeah. think you hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, I think after this scene, 
is Hank and Norma confess their love to each other. Big Ed. Big yeah. Ed. Big Ed and, right, yeah, and Norma. Sorry. I know. Well, Hank is coming into the picture, yeah. but right... Uh, yeah, so this is... Yeah, Big Ed and... Here we go. They're going to hook up. Right. They have a quickie. They have a uh, afternoon delight. <laughs> afternoon delight. And here's the part that's interesting. So, we. I mean, we're going to skim a little bit, but... They confess their love to each other. Blah, well, blah, they've blah, loved blah. each other since high school. I mean, we've no, they've, they've loved each other for 25 years. They're going to seal the deal now. They, they <laughs> want to seal the deal. <laughs> they haven't sealed the deal in 20 years. Yeah, they want to They seal the deal. And, and he goes to leave, and she turns around, and Hank is there. Yes. How? Norma, that, Norma turned into Hank. Norma is Hank. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. I think, she, I think it's just dramatic effect. I think she did leave, and Hank was hiding, and he came out, and it was just a quick... I mean, it was dramatic effect for the audience. It was weird, though. It was. I mean, it is weird that he just shows up. And then, uh, you know, he's getting a big Ed. I mean, I think it actually does cut when we come back to the story. But since we're already talking about, you know, big Ed's getting beat up, and then Nadine comes home, and she's like, "Beats the living crap out of him." I mean, she's super strong. No, here's here's where. The plot uses her strength when they want when the writers want to use her strength. She could pick, she ripped the refrigerator door off. Right. And she's wailing him in the face and he barely right, bleeds. Episode, but I think she No, yeah. this is the episode he when she when Nadine comes yeah, the refrigerator happened a long time ago. Right. But when she sees him, she hits him with the bag, pounds him in the face, he gets a little cut, <laughs> but throws his body through the banister. Yeah. And the whole banister cracks. So they use her like strength. Instead of like pounding his face to a pulp, right? It was just a scratch. But she threw his body through a whole ban- wooden banister. Yeah. It was weird how right. how like it was like having the Incredible Hulk yeah. punch you in the face. You get a scratch, but he can throw you through a wall. Yes. Like it was just weird how that strength. It didn't make sense right. to what you, we've seen. She could take a door off a refrigerator. Yes. Right? Like, yep. he would have killed him. Right. Like, I think she would have... She, she, was, she wasn't using her full strength. She was kind of... Uh, you know, she, Only when he threw his body through a banister. Yeah. yeah. So she's a cheerleader. She's a wrestler. And she's a... bodybuilder. A bodybuilder. Body yeah. she's, she's a superhero. <laughs> she's a superhero. Um, but she was pissed. She's like, get off. Like, get you off leave my, my man alone. No. I'm, I'm dating. I want to date Mike, but I also don't want you messing with uh, Hank. Big Ed. Big Ed. Big yes. Ed. And Hank got beat the, the crap beat out. He took off. So we, we go back to uh, the, 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 the police station, and uh, Ernie's getting wired by a hawk. And uh, and what is Harry doing? Uh, Sheriff Harry, he's playing. He looks like. A rifle. He's got a rifle. Oh, ready. he is doing a rifle. Because I thought he was just messing around at his desk. It's like, here we go again. Hawk is doing all the work, and you're just fooling around at your desk. No, he's, he's cleaning his gun. All right, he's cleaning his gun. Because That's good. Um, during the stakeout, he does have the rifle out. All right. So he does do something. Yeah, he is getting the rifle ready. I like Sheriff Truman. I yes. just think that Hawk does so much more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, why don't we hear some audio, I think. Repeat your instructions to me step by step. Okay. Uh, I'm probably a little I early. Take Denise. Okay. We'll come back to that. But it looks like, so he's talking to Ernie about what he's going to do. All right, now, uh, it's pretty close. All right, uh, here we go. Take Reno through the buy. All right, so he's going to talk about... Complete the transaction and get the hell out of there, huh? Good. Harry, that's when you come in. My golly, I sure wish I could join you fellas. But I've temporarily lost my enforcement franchise. I bet. Well... I've been giving that some thought. Consider yourself deputized. 
Bureau's loss is my gain. Yeah, it's cool. Twin Peaks deputy. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I was yeah, like, was really cool. he's back in action. Well, I mean, and there it goes again where we kind of like see uh, maybe another life for, for Cooper. That like, you know, he's looking for his uh, some a place to live. Yeah, yeah. And, and now he's he, he's part of the deputy. I mean, he's part of the sheriff. Uh, yeah, you know, it's cool. Department there. Yep. So yeah, I like I like that. It was I thought it was kind of a clever way to keep him involved in the in the investigation without him being an FBI agent. Yep. And like, what was anybody? What's anybody gonna say or do? Yep. The Except bureau's loss is my game. game. Cooper's new life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, and then Dennis is back. Dennis Not Denise. or Denise? Oh. Dennis. Dennis comes back. And he keeps the feminine quality, though, mm. even though he's a man, which I thought was interesting. Well, when you think about it, I mean, like, so here's the thing about, at least my understanding with transgender, you know, people, like, let's say you're a man, some men feel they feel more like a female. They feel mm-hmm. like they, they yeah. were always meant to be a girl. Yeah. And they're stuck, you know, with the potty parts they have. So for him, even though he's dressed now as a man, he probably still feels like he is a yeah, girl. Like you're he right, yeah. honestly is a girl. So yeah. but that's why he still has feminine yeah. Yeah, he still got feminine. that that uh female in him, which is kind of interesting. And it's also funny to see him just as a guy now cuz we've yes. only seen him as a woman. Right. And, and his he, hair's he, all slicked back. He and looks everything. nothing like Fox Mulder. No. He yeah, he's got the hair slicked back and he, I think he has I love that he still has yeah, a ponytail. He ponytail and he's got a, he puts his arms at his side yeah. and on his, you know uh, hips and stuff like Yeah. Yeah. Is They look like they could be brothers. Yep. That's cool. David Duchovny, he's awesome. Yep. And we see some the wind uh, in the trees whistling. Which, whistling. We haven't yeah. seen that in a while. No. And now they're getting ready to uh Oh no! This is a home for boys here. So, again, this is a silly plot. I don't think we need to. Spend yeah, too much we time. can skip over this. Book. Dick and Andy are, are investigating little Nikki. This gets wackier and wackier. Now it becomes a farce because they get in, they go to sneak in, look at the files. Then people come and think they are the agency right. to adopt, and Dick's just like, "Your kid is dead." dead. Dead sick. Oh. Um, he was fine yesterday, and yeah. then he's just like, um, well, you know, and like, and he's like, where were we? And I'm like, oh, get out of this. Come yes. on, let's get out of here. Uh, we don't need to focus on right. I don't know. If we need to spend more time with with Bobby no. visiting Ben again. It, it, yeah, War. it's just more of the same. But here's uh, here's the one thing. I I don't know if this is really too much of a spoiler, but it's interesting that. Uh, Ben is talking to Bobby about the Civil War, and, or like he's on the South, and basically he's saying Bobby should should give up. Like he, so Bobby would represent the North, mm. and you do wonder is if if Bobby had actually given up and said I surrender to the South, if that would have made a breakthrough for Ben. Like interesting, because like yeah, maybe we'll get to maybe we'll bring up some audio in a second of this. Yeah, why don't we do that? Here we go. So. Ben gives the sword to Bobby. General Meade, you have suffered an ignoble defeat. And I accept your unconditional surrender. And he's he's handing he's holding on, okay. he's waiting for the sword to be. Tell you Bobby what, Mr. Horn. Yeah. I'm gonna go and talk to President Lincoln first, okay? So you just wait right here and 
I love that Ben is like, sh- his hands are shaking, waiting for that sword to be passed back to him for and surrender. It isn't. And yeah. it isn't. And I just question, I wonder, like, if if Bobby had given up, would that restore Ben? Like, would that all of a sudden make be a breakthrough? Like, I feel mm, like... That's a good I, one. I, I never me, thought about that. I feel that, like yeah. that's what Ben needs. He needs to win the war, even though that yeah. is history. That is... Yeah. 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 And Bobby holds on to the sword, so it could be symbolic. Yeah. Right. He, he's he's got the power he's now. Got the he, power. he thinks he he is. Yeah. Uh, and then he talks with Audrey and hangs out with her a little bit here. But uh, and Audrey's now wearing suits. I mean, she's been wearing suits, but she's a business lady. I kind of miss. The she's young not a teenager Audrey. anymore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really kind of happened after One Eye Jacks. After she had been rescued, she kind of changed. I don't want to be known as a kid anymore. I want to be yeah. an adult. I don't want to be. You know. And I like how Kathleen walks right by them. Nobody notices her right. in her gigantic red uh, <laughs> blanket. Her, um, and then the theme continues. Kathleen. Yep, Catherine there. Catherine is, hooks up with right. Ben Horn. Even though she uh, Ben tried to kill her and, and take advantage of her and stuff. Somehow but the she's affair still, is back. Yeah. I still say it's because she can't stand her husband half the time with his poetry. You're and- <laughs> right. I think his her husband drove her back to yeah, the arms like, of her affair. Yes. So the theme, I mean, we don't need to dwell on it too much. The theme continues. Um, the theme continues again with James and Evelyn and Evelyn uh, hooking up on the car. Yes. So I have a story for you, and this comes from uh, Brad Duke's uh, Reflections book, and it... Um, the actress who plays uh, Evelyn, uh, Annette McCarthy, shares in, in, in Brad Duke's uh, book that uh, James and Evelyn are having champagne by the car, which we're, we're at the scene right now, and the actors were really drinking champagne, and, and according to this actress, that um, uh, they did 12 takes, and they did uh, they drank 12 glasses of champagne, and that they got wasted. And I, she says that you can even see it a little bit in her performance. But, but that, they, they they dump out the wine. I mean the champagne at the end of the scene. But yeah. if you're if you're if you're doing these wide takes and you're doing close ups, yeah. And you oh have wow. That, she's saying that they, they they got wasted. They got wasted, and I think that they, they when this scene was over, they were done for the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. And she actually says, why did they even let her, them have champagne? They, they should have done something else. Like Apple why cider. Would, apple cider, right. Yeah, or sparkling yeah. Sparkling wine or something. Yeah. Or sparkling water and stuff, yeah. Yeah, why use the real stuff? Right. So I think that's kind of funny to think that they might have actually been drunk. Drunk. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's yeah, interesting. It's pretty funny. I can't stand this scene anymore. I, I know. <laughs> just drink. Yeah, he's all, James is more giggly. He is. I don't think I see him smile. No, I maybe mean, you're right. He is drunk. I always took it that he was just really kind of falling for her he was yeah. kind of giddy and he's happy but now you can say was he was he drunk, drunk too i don't know that's her that's her what she had to it say. made his acting better <laughs> so that's not and you already said that they they yeah. kind of uh, get it on on, on. The, the, the funny this again it's symbolism of the car the car is this um the her marriage in a way it, get, it gets smashed up like she's getting beat up and <laughs> james comes in to kind of fix the car and to fix, fix her, her. And then they, and he they, fixed her on the car. Yeah, and they they uh they what, what consummate they, on the car. They consummate uh, their relationship. Yeah, they, these bond. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's oh. it's it gets weird. Um. Next is uh. Okay, we talked about Donna. Uh, Donna's looking for James. Donna shows up and talks to Big Ed, and Big Ed's like, "Yes, he asked for all twelve dollars." <laughs> 
didn't say that. You need to go to this town. He and Donna's like, Kaya. Donna's just like, oh, thanks. You have the address? <laughs> yes. And so th- this is like a side plot. I'm excited to see. I want Donna to show up to see James in bed with her. Yeah. And I want to have a slapping fight or I want to have good. something. A, a cat inter- fight. A yeah. cat fight happen. Yes. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. That sounds good. Yeah. So. Oh, and then you see uh, Milton, not Milton. Yes. <laughs> what is his name? The brother. Ma- Malcolm. Malcolm. Malcolm in the middle. Yes. He He's <laughs> watching them. Brother. He's always watching. He's creepy. He he's is creepy. creepy. And we he learn he's he creepy. He is a creepy dude. And then they're doing the stakeout with uh, Dennis and Ernie and... Uh, I think Hank isn't there. Hank doesn't show up, but they're actually uh, with... Uh, yeah, when R- R- Renault... <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think who else is it? It's the uh, Canadian uh, the Mountie Mountie there. Yeah. So, a mustache guy. <laughs> I don't know his name. And uh, so I think actually what happens is is Ernie's wire starts I think uh, overheating or like it, yeah. he sweats so much that it it it, it catch, that, smokes and up they realize he yeah. has a wire. Yeah. On. So Cooper is willing to uh, trade for the hostages. And so I have some, this is a very small unseen Twin Peaks, but I thought I'd share this from the script. Okay. So in the script, um, you know, we're talking about Cooper exchanging himself for the hostage. Truman tells Hawk to get back up, which we hear in this. Yeah. And I think he's saying the state police. In the script, in the script, Truman says to Hawk, call the bookhouse boys. So he wants the bookhouse boys to come help out with this instead of the state wow, police. Wow, but... Half of them are like James is not around. That's right. yeah. yeah, I mean it doesn't make any. It would make more sense that you would want to get real law enforcers. But I love the Bookhouse Boys, and I don't think they use them the secret society enough in the show. Yeah. So, but what would they do? I don't know what they would do. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean you could look at it as like a militia that they could have their own guns and they would just have the back of. I don't of want Truman. James with a gun. <laughs> Yeah. Like I mean, who you know? Right. Have, it was Joey. I think his name was Joey. Joey. Was uh, was one of the uh, wasn't Mike part of it? No, Mike was not. part I of it. I don't think he was. I don't know a lot of them. Mm. I know. I mean, we know Big Ed was. Yeah. So there's, there's a few of them. We don't know all. But everybody's of them. too busy having affairs right yeah, to this day. This is the worst it, day it, ever. It would be appropriate, and, and it was in the script. But I do still like the idea. Is I would like to have more stories with the Bookhouse Boys. And, yeah. I, and I hope well, with the new series, the new season here, that somehow they bring that in because it's interesting to think that like the secret society that's there to protect the town. When they feel like the police can't do the job, sometimes yeah. that there's certain things, and you know, to stop the evil in the woods and stuff. But, yeah, which they never really done. They talked about it, but we yeah. haven't well, seen I mean, it. Well, I mean, we action. did see. It. I mean, they they came, they came to Audrey's rescue and when they were, she was in One Eye Jack, that was Hawk. That was Hawk. And, yeah, yeah. But that was law enforcement. I mean, it uh, was. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, it was Hawk Cooper. Cooper and, asked for the best man. Truman. The best man. Yeah, and it, right, it was Truman. And Hawk. Yeah, so it was a law enforcement. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other cases. There, there must have been something. They were a drug bust, and they have the guy. They were there. Oh right, when he was tied up, right. One but of that was a drug bust, so yeah. it wasn't really much. Right. It wasn't like That's what I mean. They, a they kidnapping. could have done so many more stories. I would like instead of doing all these uh, these these comedy uh, stories, I would like I to know, have done like, a right? story about. The Bookhouse Boys. And yep, stuff, but, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, we can jump to the point that, um, you know, he gets caught out, and Cooper, Cooper says, "I'll trade myself for those two, for um, for uh, what's his face." Uh, maybe right before we do that, we, we can talk about some incest. 
Oh no! Well, so 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 we're yeah. back with Evelyn and and James. They were done consummating the relationship, and he fell asleep. Like he was exhausted. That took a lot out of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, oh, I gotta go to bed. And so, and then Evelyn and, and Malcolm are in the hallway, oh. and they start kissing. I know. And if their brother, I wrote my notes, brother and sister. WTF? What the? What the? Well, um, here's the, well, so here's a couple things. It's not like this is the first time we've seen incest. We've seen incest, of course, with Leland and Laura, and there was there was definitely very close to it with Ben Horn and Audrey Horn, even though Ben didn't know. Yeah, so but I, I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not convinced they're brother and sister. I'm not convinced. I I think that I yeah. I mean, the, we're not we we still have, you know we'll see where the story oh. goes. But, You're not convinced. So is that hinting at me that they're not brother and sister? <laughs> I'm just it's saying. So, it's so hard to t- do this show sometimes, and you haven't seen it. I know, I know. I'm not, like, you're not ruining anything, because if, okay, here, here, you don't have to tell me. Mm-hmm. The fact that you say you're not convinced means, A, they don't really come out and say what they are. We have to figure that out on our own. Or, B, they're not brother and sister, and you're trying to hide it. But I'll let that I'll be. Take one of, I'll take all of those. Take was, all those. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. You know what? Um, here, Here is the way I see it. He starts kissing her. She kissed Ashley. He's kissing her passionately, him back, but seems awkward. And now they're hugging. And when people hug, you see their true face, their, what their real emotions are. And she looks distressed mm. and concerned. Right. And I think she really likes James, mm. but she doesn't want to hurt Malcolm, who could be her brother, or could be her. Okay, or that could be her husband or real boyfriend, the person she really likes. And James is the pawn mm-hmm. to kill her husband. Like I said, Malcolm came kind of weird. He just sat down and said, "Hey." Every fortnight she gets beat up. You should do something. Right. And it walks away. Yep. It wasn't natural. Right. It felt so forced. She, she does come off as she's in too deep. Like whatever she... Like, yeah, like she that does, too. That right, could be she's it. Like, she, she's got a husband that beats her up. Mal, you're right. Malcolm seems like he might be controlling a little bit. And then she does have James who is this pawn. So you're right. It seems like she's like... What am I doing? Whatever, whatever this outcome is going to be, it's not going to be good anyways. Either James is going to get hurt, she's going to get hurt, or... Or uh, Malcolm is going to kill someone. Yeah, or yeah. something. Or, I mean, like, right. Like, some kind of scenario, like, I, she's not happy. And <laughs> not you know good. what? You make a good point, though. Maybe if that was her real brother, he would have went after her husband. I feel a brother and sister... That bond, you're right. That bond, he would have stopped it. But the fact that he just sits over there and drinks, depressed, right. makes me feel like that he's probably just her lover, a boyfriend or something. And he could have been James part two, part one. Yep. And James is part two. Like, the same scenario. He is. He said he was their driver. So yeah. why would her brother be the driver? Right. I feel like he's lying to James. Now that I'm putting all the pieces together, I don't believe they're brother and sister from right from what I know right now. Yes. I know nothing else, but I feel like the pieces don't add up to be brother and sister. It doesn't make any right. sense. Well, we'll have to find it's out. It's either sloppy sloppy writing right. or uh, just like, yeah, I could be right. Or um, the only thing I can think of, uh, the only show I can think about incest where brother and sister are are 
their lovers and they're um, using each other to um, help each other in the world is Game of Thrones. There's a scenario like that, and that's what made me think of. What about Arrested Development? Arrested, I don't know. Is there incest in Arrested Development? I there might be. I haven't made. To, I gotta finish season two of that oh, show. No, there's nothing that. Never mind. <laughs> I know. I well. I gotta get. I gotta you get gotta on top it. of that. That is like that to me is the best comedy. I know. Ever. I love. I mean, season so, one is amazing. Season three is good. I'm a little iffy about f- season four. That the was Netflix like, season, yeah, yeah, wasn't that good? I heard. It's one of those. Yeah, but and they're working on another season. Yeah, it could be that, good. So it could be good. Yeah. But I, I really like. I really love. Season yeah, there was incest. I remember. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. You could say cousins. Right? Cousins. Yes. yes. That, With yeah. Michael, uh, George Michael. Yes, George yes, Mike. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I won't get, you know, but I want you I to know watch all more. That. I want yeah, you to get yeah. into, I think season three is pretty short. I feel yes. like it's like 10 episodes, so yeah. watch them. <laughs> I will, I will. But, so this is what made, it made me think of Game of Thrones, where the brother and sister, they're lovers, and they're using each other, they're like, for power. And then I was like, oh, are they, they're lovers, and they're going to use each other for power? But then, you know what? This is not Game of Thrones. I really think... The theory of their lovers, they're not really related. It was a bullshit story he gave James because mm. they're using James as a pawn. Right. I don't know. We'll find out, we'll though. We'll find out. It, is my theory right? I don't know. I hope it's right. So now we are back at Dead Dog Farm. Dead Dog Farm. Cooper is a hostage. Andy's got his gun out ready to stop them. Yep, Hawk's yep. got his gun out. Truman's there. We're, we are ready, and it's nighttime now. We've got we've got all kinds of. Uh, They've been there all day. There. Yeah. Um. Oh, what did I write? So, um. Oh, well, this is the, interesting. This, this, um. There's a uh, a speech. Yeah, let's that bring some audio. I mean, it might be a little early, but let's let's hear. It. Let us run, Agent Cooper. No. Uh, you think they, they will deal? This is, I call it no. the Nightmare Twin Peaks speech. <laughs> Surrender. Okay. Are you crazy? No. But first we, we must decide to give up quietly or to kill him. We both die. I know. Is my death so important to you? My two brothers die. I hold you responsible. Why? For Before you came here, Twin Peak was a simple. My brothers dealt up to the teenagers and the truck drivers. When I check, welcome the businessmen and the tourists. Quiet people live a quiet life. Then, a pretty girl die. Then you arrive, and everything change. My brother Bernardo shot and had to die in the, the woods. Grieving father smothered my remaining brother with uh, the pillow. Kidnapping. Dead. So to me, the, the quiet people, they're quiet no more. Suddenly, so the, the simple dream, 
become the nightmare. So, if you die, maybe you will be the last to die. Maybe you brought the, the nightmare with you. See, I like the, the nightmare with you. That's what I call the uh, the nightmare speech. Yes. Here's the funny thing, though. This is the bad guy saying this is a nightmare. It's a nightmare because you're the bad guy, and, <laughs> and the good guy is here to stop you. It's like, uh-huh. oh, things were so good when we could just do, sell drugs and do all these bad well, criminal he's evil. things. He's, he's evil. He's evil. He's it give, is a great speech. It is. He. I wish the audio mix was higher because he, he talks so soft, and the yeah. audio was mixing with that music a little too much. But yeah, it's a good speech, and it really—it's um, a reverse look of the bad guy looking at the yes. good guy. We always hear the good guy giving the monologue to the yes. bad guy, but it's also that cliche where the bad guy gives you this big monologue right before something major happens. Right, where his That's his, true. his plan gets foiled. It's right? Like, yeah, he, he he could just kill Cooper right now, or he's like he's got to explain himself. Yes. right. He's got to be like. This is how I'm going to kill you. you. And this is what I'm going to do. do. And here's my evil scheme. I need to share yeah. with you everything. I'm gonna, yeah, I love it. It's exactly yeah, the right. cliche. It's very yeah. cliche, but it is a good, a nice speech. I liked right. it. Um, it's interesting that he's saying that Cooper is the nightmare. He brought. How dare you come into my town and make everything different? Right. We were happy the way we were. And it makes it makes. I mean, we already know Cooper is special, but again, it kind of shows that, like, hey. Twin Peaks was different before you came. And when you came, everything changed. And he's saying, maybe if you die, we can have the life that we once had. And yeah. you know what I mean? But And is it, it's almost emotionally knocking Cooper down. Yeah. It's knocking him down a peg. Like, right. Cooper does not look happy hearing that. He almost looks defeated. Right. Like, like making him second guess everything. Like, right. if someone were to tell you that, you'd be like, wow, you just spun it. In, against me, and well, I feel horrible. Right. Maybe he's it is defeated, my fault. He's defeated yeah. because he has been suspended from the FBI. Yeah, and he, he doesn't know where he is. And now he's got this guy saying, you know, "You're you the don't, problem. You don't belong here either. You yeah. don't belong in Twin Peaks, and I'm going to kill you." Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting uh, monologue about how you you're the bad guy, right. really. Without if you weren't here, we would all be fine. None of nobody would be dead except for that one girl and nobody would care. Yeah. Now you're a fan of Michael Parks. I think yes. in previous episodes you've mentioned about that. Amazing actor. Yeah. And uh and Brad Duke's uh reflection books, there's several great uh stories about him in, in Twin Peaks. I, I might I'll share two maybe with you. Okay. One is uh, one <laughs> um he came in and decided he wanted this role and he was going to do his uh, his French-Canadian accent. And the director said to him, you know, the brothers, neither one of them had French-Canadian uh, French, uh, accent. accents. And he said, I don't care. I'm doing it this way. <laughs> He's saying this to the director. And he and he, he has that statue, I guess, where yeah. he gets away with that. Where he, he, and I don't think he did it nicely. I think he was kind of very rude to this really? woman. This woman who... I think he even treat, said something like, at least from from the st- story, he called her a girl. He's like, this girl director said I, I couldn't do it, and I'm going to do it this way because that's how I want the character wow, to be. Wow, so that's a jerk. What yeah, a jerk. I mean, like, yeah. So, and I have one other story about this is uh, Todd uh, Holland, the director. I think that, I don't, was that the... I think that was this episode, right? He was. Yeah. I think he directed yep. this one. So he says, uh, Michael Parks insists on speaking slowly with the French-Canadian accent. Nothing I could say to him changed anything in his performance. I, ju- I just could not get him to speak more quickly. He actually... 
he actually ended up forcing our cutting pattern in most posts because we, we had to cut away simply to tighten up the dialogue. Even in his, even in the death scene, he, mm. he, he's a very intense man who chooses to be very intense when he, when we met him, when we, yeah, when, when he, yeah. Met, when he met me, he was intense. Yeah. He's the only person in the entire crew that really came out at me with a chip on his shoulder. So, I mean, I think, so different, different directors had this yeah. problem, but it's still interesting that like, he was like, Hey, I'm going to do this accent. I choose to do it slowly and you're going to deal with it. And he is intense and he comes off great in the, he in does, the he's a great villain for this he's show. Great, yeah. He's a wonderful, I, I, when he disappeared, I was really sad. Right. I remember you saying that it was like, Oh, I hope he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. He was in, he was in one eye Jackson. And then when they rescued Audrey, he gone, he's, and got, he's gone. He, and yeah. it's like, Oh, I hope he comes back. You were saying he it, showed it, up for one episode though. I mean, this is his big episode and he's gone. Right. After I this. mean, he was, in, he was, he was in the previous episode. He was in a few briefly, episodes. but briefly. I mean, like, I know, they do you feel his his cockiness shorted him a bigger role like the fact mm. that he was giving the directors and people he was like i'm gonna do it my way maybe they're kind of like well if you're gonna do it your way we don't have to keep you i'm gonna say no i'm gonna yeah. say that I mean, we know by the end of this episode that there's a there's a, a worse villain than than this guy so i think yeah. i feel like this guy was kind of like just we need to get him through a couple episodes we need a few episodes with another villain and then we're going to start going toward I mean I think we're leading towards the end of, of okay. season two so we're yeah. in the middle place so I really felt like I'm sure the writers were just thinking we just need a filler for a few episodes and I like I mean I like the standoff it's a pretty cool yeah and he's really intense I like that speech and so they uh, so we're <laughs> so he gives that speech and then uh, you know oh god here comes the greatest scene ever <laughs> we've got Denise coming to bring some Now, they food. know what Dennis looks like. Right, because Dennis was there in the meeting. Yeah, but they don't know suit. who Denise is. Right. And Denise, I like how he's wearing the diner. Like, yeah, the double R diner. The double R, R like, diner he, stuff. He's what borrowing Shelly's outfit. Yes. <laughs> hey, Shelly, can I borrow your outfit? I got I got work to do. Uh, uh, and I do like that Sean Renault. Uh, actually, he's like, no, no, I want. I mean, I think he's actually attracted to her. He's kind of like, yeah, come, let her in here. I'd like to see her. Yeah, but like, almost like they're probably hungry. So the fact that you have a female bringing food in, it, yes. it's intriguing That's on all true. levels. They probably are hungry because they've yeah, been there, they've been there all, there all day. day. Yes. And uh, Cooper knows that, of course, it's. Genius. I like and how he <laughs> lifts his skirt. <laughs> and he's checking her out and he's like, oh. Oh, he's wearing stockings yeah. and there's a gun. On his leg. Yes. And I wonder if that was a leg double, because well, those are nice it, legs. He does, he does say, don't yeah. I know you? So he's yep. starting to recognize her. But he yeah, lifts up his leg, and there's the gun, and Cooper's able to get the gun yeah. and shoot. He shoots and kills. Right. Uh, kills him. And the Mountie just gets uh, manhandled by uh, Denise. Which is good that they don't kill the Mountie, because, I mean, it'll help in the investigation. Yeah, you need someone alive. Uh, to at least prove this whole thing, but... uh. And yeah, Denise and goes on to she town. She's like him. punching him. And I know. <laughs> and then Hawk comes through the back door, and he saves the day, of course. Of course. <laughs> and he's in the back. He's just kind of like, I got a low sperm count. I don't want to dare get in front. And it's funny how uh, Cooper's like, oh, thank you, Denise. And he's like, you know, it was Harry Truman that uh, basically came up with this idea. It's like, oh. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Harry uh, S. Truman. Sometimes you got to improvise. And he's um, dead and stuff. And so that really does end the storyline with uh, 
with the, I, I think that's the end of the Renault line. I mean, we've seen three brothers now. I think they're all dead. Bernie, Jacques, and Sean Renault. Yeah, their bloodline is lost. Now here became like a horror movie. It's interesting that the we go to Shelley's house, Shelley and Leo's house. The power keeps getting drained, but we also learn after the scene that there's like a power outage going on. Yes, because so, the the police department doesn't have power. Right. Somebody has. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll learn more about yeah. that. But I think. Yeah, somebody has messed around with electricity. So she's seeing power. a shadow, and it's creepy. And the, the record keeps like. Um... I love that dancing or the clown there in the it, bed. Yeah, it's a clown. And it's that music. It's like that weird. It actually reminds me of the Ren. It sounds like the Ren and Stimpy theme song. And there's the uh, the rocking chair for Leo's. Leo? Yeah, and Leo's not there. He's got he's got cake on him. That looks like a clown mask. He's oh, got yeah. the white frosting so. that looks like a clown. I, I never thought of that, but I guess yep. it does kind of look like a clown. Yeah, he looks like a clown. I wrote that. I go, Leo has clown food face. <laughs> <laughs> he has clown food face. Um, the power's out at the sheriff's department. They're all going back to the sheriff's department, and Lucy has to tell this long, drawn-out story. And basically, everybody's just like, I've had enough of this story, Lucy. Just get to the points. Yeah. Just tell us what happened. And then I was drying my hair, and, <laughs> and then I didn't know where I was. So the power. It's like, oh my lord. It's the red phone, not the brown phone. It's this. Yeah, guy. yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. She's good at that. I mean, oh, that's what she does best. I know. Um, oh, it's the transformer. So this is a cool scene. This this kind of like harkens back to old Twin Peaks. Back in the day, which was only like it's old school five episodes ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, we not only get to see um, the mo- the deer uh, the the deer head we haven't seen in a while. Oh yeah, it's the deer head, the chess game, and I don't know who that is gagged up, but Wyndham Earl's next move has been placed. Who is that person that's tied up? Do you know? Is this someone we should know, or is it just someone random? Well, I want you to look at him for a minute and see if there's anything interesting about him at all. Uh, first, I thought it was Dwight from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this person? No, this person's not dead, he right? Is, he is dead. They, he is dead. I wasn't sure if they were dead. So this person's dead. He's not. We don't know this person. He's he's just uh, he's a pawn. I mean, oh. he's the first. He's the first move by Wyndham Earl. Wyndham so Earl. Yes, this is the. And now we know Wyndham Earl was uh, Cooper's ex um, partner. Partner that went yeah. into the mental institution and right. that escaped. Right. And they've been playing this chess piece back and forth since well, season one. Well, I mean, I no. Well, I mean, it was just this season. I mean, I think it, it was. It was hinted this, at season one that he escaped. Was it season one? I think it's season two. Oh, I, I have no idea. Right. Because we, we watch them in order. I, I don't know. know. Right. I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah, it, you're it probably was, right. It was probably 10 episodes ago or whatever. But yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, it was actually, uh, uh, but, eight, yeah. But I, I we, like this, is this, I mean, what does the person represent? I don't know. It so, looks like a hippie. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he does. Kind of, you're right. You're absolutely right. He does. Well, look he has the kind denim, of, yeah. a flannel under the denim, a t-shirt, glasses, right. long right. hair. Or punk. Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like a hippie or maybe like a, 
I don't know. Well, who do, what is this supposed to represent? Well, well, first, just to be clear, that you know, in this episode, or was it that last episode? That, I think it was this episode that uh, Cooper's saying that he put his move in in the paper. Yes, I think and he was asked Lucy to look in the paper for the move back, and right. she said she never got anything. Right, and so, I mean, this is basically his move. Yeah, this is a big move too. Well, yeah, it's the his, power it's, move. It's his first move, but he's but he's taking he's taking real people as pawns, okay. and that's how he's playing this. So, oh, and um, but here's so here's like I said, this person we don't know this person. He's just a random character. Okay, but he the actor is played by Rain Wilson. I don't know why it was like Rain Wilson to me, but Kyle MacLachlan's brother in real life. Oh, really? Yes, I think it's I think I want to say it's Craig. Craig, um, Craig McLaughlin. Yes, I love his. I love the names. But, and I think I think out. he will play his stunt double in the future as well. Really? So he's yeah. He's helped him out in the past and stuff. He looks like one of the guys from Slapshot. That's what he looks like. The big glasses and long hair. That's what he oh, looks like. Man. So that's. I mean, I think that's pretty that's much it. where the end. The show ends. Who yeah. is it? And uh, I love the cliffhanger. I don't know. This was a good it's episode. A chess game. Right. Wyndham Earl's next. Oh, so it's his next move. So he. That's right. Wyndham Earl had to move. He, he already so had a move. He had a move. That's right. He did do a move because I forgot. He tells Diane, uh, Wyndham had already moved before I even had shared my move with him. So exactly. right, this is his second. Yeah. Move. But basically, he's saying this is a deadly game. This is not your typical chess game. Yeah, I'm excited now. I like this episode. I it's... just feel like you're actually closing on a chapter and starting something new. We ended the whole uh, Jacques Renault. Story Jacques. 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 Not Jacques, I'm sorry, Sean Renault. Yeah, Sean Renault. Yeah. Um but no, um yeah, it's getting good. I think it's getting interesting. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, that was a episode twenty. I mean, I, I think it's it, it's also we can be more like it's not as serious anymore. So we can we ever have more fun discussing this too. It's you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we're not like you know, it's weird. All that heady, like, the doubles and what does this mean? Everything's kind of gone the wayside. And it, now it's almost like a straightforward uh, show. Right. There is some mystical, like, heady stuff, mm. but not everything's like that. And True. it's kind of it's kind of lost its edge. It's more corny, soap opery. And it still has that edge, but it's not as it's it's a it's like hidden. Right. It's like you got to get through the weird. Th- you got to get to the the Nadines and the yep. you know stuff like that. I mean, here's the problem. I and the Jameses. Yeah, stuff. the problem is that you're being asked to write uh, write and produce and create 22 episodes a season, and I think sometimes that's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, and I a think, lot of characters. Yeah, a lot of characters yeah. and trying to juggle a lot of different balls to do that. I still think that the, that model of the first season where they only had to do seven episodes or if you count the pilot, like eight episodes. Perfect. Yeah, right. it would have been perfect. And if you had done that with season two, it ended with uh, finding out who killed Laura Palmer and basically wrapping up the Laura Palmer mystery. And then yeah. you could have had a third season, which I, here's the sad thing is you, who knows if you would have gotten a third season depending on the ratings. But if you had gotten a third season, you could have focused on the White Lodge and done a condensed version of that yeah. in seven or eight episodes again. And it's pretty amazing that this show is so well-loved, but universally people pretend the sec- this half of the second season doesn't really matter. Um, do you feel this show... What um like I feel that if this show had ended after Laura Palmer and they had the big discussion out in the outside yeah and that show the show ended like that 
people would still be enthralled with this show and want it to come back. Do you feel these extra episodes that really didn't give or take away from anything? It really, a lot of people are just kind of like, eh, it was all right. It wasn't that great. Um, it, it didn't tarnish the love for this show, which is right. pretty amazing. And right? the reason for that is, without spoiling anything, I feel the reason really is that last episode of season two, that David Lynch is going to come back. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It, to me, it blows the whole show up in, in, in the really? sense that, like, it's to me, it was so good and so interesting and so weird that, yeah, that's what to me saves the whole it saved. The, the whole show, the whole series. To me, is that last really? episode. That's cool. I'm excited to watch yeah. it because, like, it's amazing that this show is still so beloved. Right. But this, it, it's like people, the fans are just forgiving. They're just kind of like, yeah, you watch up to this point and you just have to forgive this. Right. We know, and you're so invested with the artists behind mm. it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? It's so, it's, it's like its own religion. Right. You know where the bad stuff is. You know where the good stuff is. You know who made the good stuff and the people who made the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. You give them a pat on the back. You're like that's all right. You yeah. tried your best. Right. It's kind of cool. It's like, it's like the house David Lynch built. Yes. And it could do no wrong. Yes. Well, you didn't think about X Files. You know, you and I both yeah. love X Files. Yeah. There's, there was, it did there was over two hundred. The there was over yeah. two hundred and one episodes or whatever. And now with the new series, you're definitely going to get some duds. You're going to get some episodes like. Mm-hmm. Oh. But X Files is doing it right, coming back with six episodes. Yeah. To get and that's its the feet model. Wet. And we'll, we don't know for sure for Twin Peaks that originally it was going to be nine episodes. The 18 new season now. It might be. We don't. We still don't know. They. Yeah. I mean, I know we're saying eighteen, but. They got to edit everything. We got to edit it. And yeah. it, it could be nine. It could be 10, 12, 15. It could be whatever whatever it feels right is going to be. Yeah. But I don't, that's what it should be. I mean, I shouldn't be. And they have a full should, hour, not 44 minutes. They don't have commercials. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, though. They I mean, can they could, go they crazy. Could do they could do, yeah, they could do an hour and 10 minutes if they wanted yeah. to. They could do whatever they want. Showtime so. will give them the gambit. Right. Whatever. This is going to be huge for Showtime. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that this show kept its credibility even though this season goes downhill right and like you're saying that last episode i'm excited to see it i i know from past discussions with other people everyone said the last episode is like really cool it's yeah. cool it's fun it's interesting and it brings it back and it so, gives us something to talk about for 25 years and stuff. Um, for me it will yeah. be only a year <laughs> <laughs> you're so lucky i lucked out you did you I lucked to out. Wait all these years so yeah, I mean, I was wondering, it was funny, like, we're getting to these episodes, and these aren't my favorite episodes, some of these ones, and I was like, oh, how is this going to be with Brian? Is, like, Brian going to want to give up on this show? No. And, like, I didn't I, know how I think it was going to be with, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I don't, um, I, I can't, I'm not going to poo-poo it, because my, like I said, I'm going into this, my expectation is really low. I'm, we'll make fun of the stuff that's ridiculous, right. and. I like the, I like the, still, like you said, there's gems in every episode. There's every episode. Last episode. You know, major probably wasn't wasn't the best, but right. the major break stuff was really good. Right. In this episode, I thought was better. Right. Me and too. um this was the hookup episode where everybody hooked up. <laughs> right. Um but, but that standoff, that that hostage standoff yeah, it was, was cool. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It they could have just done, they could have made that the hour and I would have loved it. I know. It. So, like it could have been mind warfare right. where he's telling him stuff and then Cooper give us a half hour of them just like Trying to dig into each other right. mentally. Totally. That would have been cool. That would have been awesome. Yeah, but I don't know. That'll be part of your fan fiction. My fan fiction. I'm gonna write that when <laughs> right. I get home. You're today. gonna you're gonna do the the whole day. Like we only got we got to see a quick version of yep. the hostage scene. You're gonna say from 9 a.m. to midnight. Midnight. <laughs> what happened? And then I'm gonna film it with children oh, in a no. cabin, five year olds. Oh, no. 
And they're just going to be like, you're a doo-doo face. Nobody likes you. You brought the nightmare. You brought the nightmare. Oh, They'll have Boston accents. I think like now, most now, kids do. People are definitely uh, like throwing their uh, their devices or they're I know. shutting us off. Now. We so got to end this before we go yeah. downhill. Yes. So you know, uh, Twin Peaks unwrapped. It, we 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 drop every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, seven in the morning. Seven in the morning. Is that mainly? What it is? Mainly, mainly. Yeah. Something like that. That's yes. awesome. Yes. I- uh, and <laughs> and can, Tuesdays I'll, and Thursdays, what do we get? Well, we have this Twin Peaks uh, unwrapped paper. It's our online yeah. community paper. It's getting good. It's getting it's big. Ca- yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. Really, all it is is it take it shares other pe- community people's stories. So it could be on Facebook and Twitter, YouTube, uh, all over the place. And yeah, t- usually it's on Mondays and Thursdays. And uh, yeah, it's a cool little thing. Maybe one of these days we'll, we'll, we'll share some of the stories on uh, our shows. And we're, we're so busy; we're like we're over an hour now. So I know, uh, we'll do I it know. another day. So that yeah. drops. But then you you can find that at TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com. You can also find all our podcasts there. And uh, what else? What about uh, Facebook? Uh, you can get us Twin Peaks Unwrapped on Facebook. Like us. I I'm gonna post more of me watching the show, my journey behind the scenes. Awesome. Um, and then on, you can email us at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com. Any good questions or comments, we'd love to read it on the air. Um, and like, and, uh, uh, you know, yeah, iTunes, we'd love it if you rate it and review. Yes, comment and rate us. We'd like to hit the top 50. I think we can do it before uh, season three hits. I think even, even if it. we don't, I think if you if you're enjoying the show, it'd be great if other people get feedback, to learn yeah. feedback. I mean, some people really go to iTunes and say, "Hey, I want to find a Twin Peaks podcast. I'm going to go to the ones that have people who have rated it or reviewed it and stuff." So that it, it that gets really us more helps. out there. Yeah, yeah. But we really appreciate. It. We, you know, we don't make any money off this. We do this because we love it, and, it, and I think it makes us feel good to know that people are enjoying the show. And exactly. We, yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. And we're also on Stitcher. We're on uh, TuneIn. Um, and you can listen to us right at Podbean at TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com. Uh, cool. So and we're I, on Twitter. Right, yeah. We t- we yeah, we did Twitter. that. We, we, got, we brought up everything. We got everything. Awesome. So I thought we could end it with Kimmy Robertson on Letterman. And she's just talking about Twin Peaks. I thought it would be a cool, cool. thing to kind of our, our moment of Twin Peaks and uh, we'll end it there. Uh, thanks again. Yep. See you next week. Um, <laughs> now, now let's talk about the show. Uh, wh- what's new with Twin Peaks? What should we know about the production of Twin Peaks? How are things going? Well, we don't really know what's going on because they give us fake scripts now. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes they film more than one, the scene more than once. So two different yeah. versions of the same scene. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes three times. But they probably don't use real film, so. <laughs> this doesn't Never seem. Never mind, Bob. That was a joke. It, Bob doesn't Iger, se- you know. Yeah, he's the he's the president of ABC. Oh, I see. <laughs> I don't want uh, him to panic because it costs a lot of money. But doesn't that drive you nuts? Not doing the same scene three different ways, or do you don't mind that? I don't mind because I don't do it. I just do mine. Just it's like the Lucy Andy and Dick show, mm-hmm. and then everybody else. Is on the regular show, Twin Peaks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there is there a chance that your part of the show will be made an actual separate show? I don't know. <laughs> Might be. Every every pedestrian asked me that, but so far. No ABC executive has asked me that. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think you're one of the features on the show that everybody uh, enjoys seeing uh, from week to week. I mean, uh, that's the sense that I get. That's what people 
Well, a lot of people tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I watched the big, uh, uh, the big uh, two-hour uh, kickoff uh, movie th this year. Yes. And like six minutes into the show, there's a, a monster from space in the show. The giant, yeah. right. Now, do, do we have any from more? From space. Isn't he from space? I don't know. Well, I think he'd almost have to be because he materialized and then dematerialized. <laughs> to me, that says space monster. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you can do that, you think, well, all right, space. He's from space. It could Art. have been a dream. No, because he took the ring. He took the ring off his finger. Maybe there never was a ring. Well, then I'd have to be dreaming. Maybe. It... <laughs> yeah, maybe. If you're right, maybe, maybe I dreamed it. Was all it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and and do you do you have a nice uh, working relationship with uh, uh, David Lynch? Oh yeah, yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. Do you have any uh, stories about uh, how odd he is or how normal he is? I think people. He's very sexy and he has great hair. Wow. Sometimes, at rap parties, he'll let me put my fingers through it. <laughs> Well, <laughs> is, is that in lieu of catering or something? <laughs> um, because it'd be nice to, in, in addition to that, have a hot buffet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What? 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 I don't know what's happening. I don't know.